What's going on, Hawk Nation? Welcome to episode 13 of the HNU Hawkcast. Jake Ward with you here to cover all of last week's action, get you all that set coming up here for the Hawks as we get ready to go over some baseball, touch on a little basketball. Of course, as always, we will have our Coach's Corner segment with HNU men's basketball head coach Omar Sanchez. But we will start with HNU women's basketball. was an 0-2 week for the Hawks as they began the week on Wednesday night, a little untraditional game night, usually games Tuesday and Thursday, but they had senior night against the Notre Dame Danimir Argonauts on Wednesday and unfortunately it was a 15-point loss for the Hawks as they dropped the contest by a final of 65-50. to NDNU jumped out to a 15-point lead early on in the first quarter. The Hawks kept it close in the second as they were only outscored by one. They went into halftime down by six, but they could not catch the Argos in the second half as the Argos put up 19 points in the third before the teams each had 18 in the fourth. And so it ultimately was a double-digit defeat for the Hawks. Leading the way was Angelise Carly-Hilliard as she dropped 12 points, had five rebounds on the strength of six for 10 shooting from the floor. Ariana Hernandez, eight points and four rebounds. She was two for 12 from beyond the three-point line. And Jalea Williams also adding eight points as she pulled down five rebounds to tie the team high along with Angelise Carly-Hilliard. The Hawks then turned to the road as they traveled to Kizar Pavilion to take on the Urban Knights of Academy of Art. And as we mentioned, the 0-2 result, it was a loss. This time by three for the Hawks was a much closer game. The Hawks trailed by 10 at the end of the first quarter. They picked up the defense in the second quarter, though, and only trailed by five at half. The score was 35-30 going into the break. The third quarter was very evenly matched as each team traded buckets back and forth. Angelis Carly-Hilliard scored six of her 14 points in the game in that third quarter, and the Hawks closed the gap in the fourth as they pushed it all the way down the stretch. They even tied the game with 14 seconds left on a free throw by Lexi Candelaria. Lario, but it was a last-second three-pointer that would lift Academy of Art to the three-point victory, 70-67. to Leading the way for the Hawks in Game 2 of the week, again, was Angelise Carly-Hilliard as she had a team-high 14 points to go along with her six rebounds. The 14 points came on 7-for-10 shooting. Angelise had 26 total points and 11 total rebounds for the week. Combined between the two games, she was 13 for 20 from the floor. That is a 65% mark for the week. And that now gives her 21 games on the season in double figures. So great work from Angelise. As we look at the conference leaders, Angelise sits in first in field goal percentage at an even 52% shooting from the floor. So great work shooting there by Angelis. As for the rest of the team, Taylor Krause chipped in 13 points on the strength of 6-for-8 shooting. She was 1-for-2 from beyond the arc as well as Julia Williams added another 8 points. This time had the team lead in rebounds with 8. And as we look at the rest of our conference leaders, of course, Ariane Hernandez still leading the PacWest Conference in 3-pointers as she sits in first with 80. Now she has... Still remained in fourth, however, it's a lot closer of a battle as Ariana remains in the top five. 
there's a tie for fifth place, a three-way tie, as each player there has 77. So Ariana in real danger of dropping out of the top five nationally for three-pointers made. However, she could still finish in the top 10 by the end of the season. She's 12 off the leader as Ari has 80 total three-pointers. She's in fourth place nationally, the leader sitting in first with 92. Back to the PacWest Conference leaders, Ariana is 12th in total points with 347, but just above Ariana is Angelise Carly-Hilliard as she sits in 11th with 359 total points. And Angelise also in the top five in another category, total field goals made, as she is currently in fourth place with 140. In assists, we see Ellie Berlin making her first appearance in the conference leaderboards as she sits in sixth in assists with 76 and in rebounds is Jernasia Martin as she still remains in the top 10 just barely as she sits in 10th place with 178 total rebounds. The men's basketball team had better results on their side as they did split the week going 1-1. One one. They ended up winning their senior night contest against Notre Dame, Dane and Murray, the Argos by a final of 71-36. to 36. It was a season sweep of the Argos as they won 73-65 back in Belmont, California on January 17th. The 36 points were the lowest points allowed in a game this season by the Hawks. The previous low this year was 58 points when they faced off against Dominican back on December 9th. That was the Hawks' home opener of the season, their third conference contest. It also tied the lowest amount of points allowed by HNU in the Division II era. Also tying a mark against the same NDNU team from just a few years back as that was a 49-36 win versus the Argos on December 12th, 2015. A three-pointer from Alonzo Taylor 18 seconds into the game set the tone for the Hawks as the Argos were held to single digits through nearly 15 minutes in the first quarter. The Hawks with a 7-1 run to end the first half up 34-17. The Hawks continued to pull away in the second half as they were up by as many as 57-30 with 7.20 left. They reached the 30-point lead mark with 2.44 remaining in the game and would cruise to the 35-point victory, 71-36. Alonzo Taylor had a game-high 19 points and 7 rebounds. Jewel Sanders adding 13 points and 3 rebounds, while Cam Feeney had 12 points of his own to go along with 3 rebounds. The Hawks could not keep the momentum up as they traveled to Kizar Pavilion on Sunday to face off against the Academy of Art as they ended up dropping that one by six points, a final of 77-71. to 71. Now the loss gives the Hawks the loss in the season series to Academy of Art as they win back in overtime 82-79 in late January against the Hawks. Remember, that was the one loss in an eight-game stretch for the Hawks that prevented a potential eight-game winning streak. The Hawks have now lost the season series with Academy of Art the past two years, something that we will touch on with head coach Omar Sanchez in the Coach's Corner segment just around the corner. In the game against the Urban Knights, the Hawks led by three points on multiple occasions, including as late as 13-36 left in the first half when Andre Green made a jumper for a 14-11 lead. However, the Urban Knights scored eight unanswered points and eventually led by as much as seven. And every time H&U would get close throughout the remaining moments in the first half, 
Art would end up going on a run to build themselves up a cushion and make sure the game never got too close, eventually taking a 10-point lead into half 39-29. Holy Names came out and got the deficit down to 7 with 7.58 left in the game, but Art responded with an 11-1 run for their largest lead of the game that was a 17-point lead at 65-48. Alonzo Taylor scored the next 12 points for the Hawks. However, the de deficit only got cut to eight with under two minutes left. The Hawks eventually would get it to five, but it just would run out of time as it was too little too late and would fall by 677 to 71. Now, Alonzo Taylor picked up his second game high in points for the week as he led both the game against the Argos and the game against the Urban Knights, this time dropping 21 points. He remains in sixth place in conference scoring with 300 and 89 total points. Jewel Sanders adding 14 points and 5 rebounds against the Urbanites, while Andre Green also added 14 with 4 rebounds. Now as we look at the conference standings, yesterday we got to sit down with men's basketball head coach Omar Sanchez for our Coach's Corner segment. So you'll hear that coming up. He talks about a lot of the big games coming up in conference this week while the Hawks are relegated to just one single game this week on Saturday. As we look at the conference standings, Point Loma remains in first at 17-2. Concordia comes up in the second spot, 16-3. Chaminade in third place with a 13-5 record while Azusa Pacific slips back down to four. Fourth place with 13 and 6. All four of those teams have already clinched their spot in the Pac West tournament at Dominican University on March 7th through the 9th. The seeding still remains the question. The HNU Hawks come in in fifth place. They have yet to clinch their spot. However, they can clinch a spot this Thursday if Hawaii Hilo loses their next game after they just lost the contest last night to Biola. Biola sitting in that sixth spot, but remember, they cannot qualify for the conference tournament, so that sixth spot technically belongs to UH Hilo and Academy of Arts sitting in the seventh spot. Fresno Pacific not quite out of it as they sit in the eighth spot. All of those teams are within just a couple of games. HNU comes in at 11-9. Hawaii Hilo and Academy of Art each sit at 9-10, while Fresno Pacific is just a game behind them at 8-11. Again, the Hawks can clinch their spot with a UH Hilo loss and could help further solidify their spot in the five position for the conference tournament if they are able to beat Dominican this Saturday. Again, Dominican, the host site of the Pacific West Conference Tournament, the Conlon Center, that is, on March 7th through the 9th. Again, we will talk about that more with HNU coach Omar Sanchez in the Coach's Corner segment. However, we're not done recapping all of our sports from last week as we also had baseball in action in a four-game non-conference series against conference rival Academy of Art. So this one will not count towards the PacWest standings, not yet anyway. However, a lot of action to take away as they played a four game series three nine inning games and one seven inning game game one was a loss 16 to four as taking the loss for the hawks was garrett o'callahan it drops his record to one and two academy of art got on the board in the top of the first scoring a run the hawks answered going up three one after one as they scored three runs in their frame in the bottom of the first both teams would be held scoreless in the second and then academy of art started a five-inning scoring streak as they would score four runs in the third, two runs in the fourth, three in each the fifth and the sixth, one more in the seventh, and then added two more in the top of the ninth for good measure while the Hawks would score again 
only once, that coming in the bottom of the ninth, and they would lose by 12, 16 to 4. Game 2 would also not go the Hawks' way as they were ultimately swept in the series. Game 2 was a 6 to 5 loss for the Hawks to the Urban Knights. The Urban Knights again getting on the board in the top of the first with a double to right center by Thomas Delgadillo. The Hawks would put up a crooked number as they would score five times in the bottom of the third. However, they would not be able to keep Academy of Art off the scoreboard as the Urban Knights would score three times in the sixth, once in the seventh, and once in the eighth. The eighth inning being a go-ahead run, and that would be how Game 2 would be decided, 6-5, to five, taking the loss for the Hawks was Jamin Graveman. He drops to 0-2. The win for the Urban Knights goes to Gonzo Rios as he moves to 2-0 and Galen Manhard with his second save of the season. Leading into Game 3 as this game would be played on Sunday, Academy of Art scored two runs in the top of the second. They would score one more time in the top of the third. The Hawks would answer with two runs of their own in the bottom half of the third. Each team would score once in the fourth. The Hawks would then tie it up in the bottom of the 7th, making it a 4-4 game going into the 8th inning, and there it was all Urban Knights as they scored twice in the 8th and twice more in the ninth for a 4-run victory, 8-4 in Game 3. Taking the loss for the Hawks was Adrian Rodriguez as he drops to 0-2, while Noah Dobbin got his first win of the season. And his record is now sits at 1-0. Game 4 of the 4-game series was the 7-inning game. And it was scoreless all the way through six. A team did not appear on the scoreboard until Academy of Art got on there twice in the top of the seventh as it came on a two RBI single up the middle from Justin Summers that would put the Urban Knights up two to nothing. The Hawks did get on the board once in the bottom half of the frame as they would score on a wild pitch and they would also have a runner to third. However, that's how it would end as they stranded the runner on third and would lose 2-1, taking the loss for the Hawks was Drew Stahl as he tossed a phenomenal outing for the Hawks, going six and two-thirds innings pitched. He allowed six hits, two runs. Both of them were earned. He walked four, and he struck out five. However, he was outdueled by Mason Verhees, who earns his first win of the season for the Urban Knights. Verhees tossing six and a third innings, allowing just three hits, one run. It was not an earned run. He walked one and struck out five. Earning the save for the third time this season for the Urban Knights was Galen Manhard. Baseball is back again in action, this time as they begin Pacific West Conference play against number 12, Azusa Pacific. They will take on the Cougars in two doubleheaders on Friday and Saturday, Friday, February 22nd, Saturday, February 23rd, both days with start times for first pitch of 12 and 3 p.m. Coming out to the College of Alameda and Pat Bale Field to watch the Hawks begin PacWest play against the nationally ranked Cougars this Friday and Saturday. Moving from the diamond to the court, men's and women's tennis was in action this past week in Hawaii as each team had three matchups on the schedule. For the men's tennis team, they came back with a result of 0-3 as they would drop contests to UC San Diego 6-1, number 10 UH Hilo 6-1, and number 15 Hawaii Pacific 7-0. Earning wins for the men's tennis team was Valentin Baranier as he won his singles match against UC San Diego from the number 5 position before winning his match against UH Hilo, also from the number 5 position. 
The Hawks were swept on February 17th by number 15 Hawaii Pacific as did not win a single match that day. Women's tennis did come back with a bit better results as they come back 2-1 after the three contests. The one loss came to the number four team in the nation, Hawaii Pacific. So all told, a great week for the women's tennis team. They battled against UH Hilo on Friday, February 15th, coming away with a 5-2 victory. They lost the doubles point, but won five of the six singles matches, led by Jahan Byramova from the number one singles position in straight sets, 6-4, 6-2. They would lose 7-0 to HPU, again HPU number four in the nation. They were swept in all of their matches. However, the Hawks took that result and then applied it in their own way as they would sweep Chaminade on Monday, February the 18th, 7-0. They swept all matches. The Hawks did not lose a single set the entire day, so a great rebound effort from the Hawks after facing a tough HPU team. Getting the win from the number one doubles position was Jahan Byramova and Dominique Ernst as they came away with the 6-0 victory in their doubles match. And Lada Bagleva won her number one match in singles in straight sets 6-1, 6-4, while Jahan Byramova moved down to the number two singles position and she won in identical straight sets 6-1, 6-1. So a great week for the women's tennis team on the courts out in Hawaii. Stick around with us as we come back to the HNU Hotcast. We got the chance yesterday to sit down with HNU men's basketball head coach Omar Sanchez to talk to him about his week's results, talk to him about the potential to clinch the HNU Hawks tournament berth in the PacWest tournament March 7th through 9th. And we also talk about some of the action going on in the PacWest conference and what that means for those PacWest standings. So stick around with us as we come back here on the HNU Hawkcast. Here on the HNU Hotcast, Hot Nation, right now it's time for our weekly coaches corner segment as we sit down with HNU men's basketball head coach Omar Sanchez to talk about what just happened this past week's action and to get us ready for the week ahead. So, coach, we will start, of course, with senior night this past week for the Hawks on Wednesday night. A big win for you guys, 71-36 over NDNU. The point total allowed was the lowest point total you guys have allowed all season. The previous low was a 58-point mark against Dominican, and this tied the lowest allowed points for HNU in the Division II era. Funny enough, that also came against NDNU back in 2015. So you have to be more than pleased with your defensive effort despite missing one of your top defensive players in Andre Green. Yeah, I was really uh, wanting to see what we would bring to the table. That was a focal point for us, you know, Andre being our defensive uh, starter and gets us going defensively, what we would do to come out. And I, and I thought we did a pretty good job. We had to start with five seniors, and there was no way we could start off in man defense with, you know, three, six, seven guys in the, you know, and, and two guards. So we ended up zoning them. I think the zone affected them a little bit. It forced some shots, allowed us to get up the floor a little bit, get some easy buckets. I think we held them to five points in the first six minutes and nine points in the first uh, 13 minutes and, you know, and then 
ended up with 17 at the half. But, uh, yeah, our, our guys were really excited about that. We talked about the importance of, you know, we have five seniors and it's our responsibility to come out and really give our effort. And at one point you're going to be a senior as well. And so how do you want people playing for you on your last home game? And so I, I thought we came out and uh, – it's a slow start, but really gained some ground there towards the end of the half and, and doubled them up at half. And so uh, came out in the second half and did more of the same and really kept them at, uh, at bay and didn't let them get out of hand. And uh, to the credit of our guys, they really did a good job of really dictating defensively. And that's got to be a, a special way to send out all five of those seniors. We, we talked about it and each senior a little bit last week. But really the hallmark of this team, as we've talked about all season long, is defense. And they really embraced that in what was their final contest here at Tobin Gymnasium in their college careers. Yeah, absolutely. And it was very uh, fitting for that group to go out that way because they, they have been. And it's been a focal point since their time here that we defend here. And we want to be able to show up and defend every night. But uh I was really happy and proud of those guys and how they went out. Again, the 36 points allowed tied the lowest mark that H&U has allowed since they joined Division II. That was a 49-36 win against Notre Dame. Dana Mir back on December 12th in 2015. Now, turning the page to Saturday, as you guys had three games left going into the sorry Sunday contest against Academy of Art. Unfortunately, that one was a 77 to 71 loss. It took you guys a little bit to get into the game. I know you guys traded lead or traded leads early on, but that can't be the showing that you wanted to have as you guys were looking to clinch what could have been your first ever Pac West Conference tournament berth that night. Yeah, it was one of those things for us about being uh, rhino focused about what we wanted to do and and the opportunity at hand. And uh, but you know, at the end of the day, Academy had an opportunity as well, and they seized that opportunity by beating us, uh, by staying alive and trying to battle for, you know, that fourth and uh, excuse me, fifth and sixth place spot, which we're battling as well for. So, you know, uh, we're in the driver's seat when it comes to that, and that's fine and dandy. But at the end of the day, we got to take care of business. You know, this is the second year Academy has swept us. Uh, Coach Barnes has done a good job of preparing his guys to play against us uh, in both games. I believe they uh, they put up over 90 or almost 90 free throws in both contests, which, uh, again, it was just uh, uh, we go back and forth with the officiating and what focal points are, and it's just, you know, we didn't do a good job of adjusting to what the officials were calling. I mean, they put them at the free throw line quite a bit. And for us to lose, you know, by six and, and let them score 29 points at the free throw line, I felt like our transition defense, we didn't communicate well at certain times and gave up 10 points in transition. And so to to their credit, they, they, took, they took advantage of the opportunity they had at hand. And so, uh, uh, but, you know, not to take away anything from our guys, I thought we battled and battled back into that game. We got down in double digits, uh, but not once did we give up. I, I feel like our guys genuinely care about each other and they want to really support each other right now. Uh, and again, like you mentioned, it's, it's, it's an opportunity of unknowns for us because we've never been in this role to be able to clinch and have that opportunity to be in the PacWest tournament. It's such an honor for those teams that get to make it that for us, we want to be one of those. And I feel like we've worked hard enough all year to be considered and be playing in that tournament. So being that you've lost the season series to Art, as you just mentioned, the two games were by a combined nine points. The first came by three in overtime back in late January, this one here by six. Is there maybe a little bit of a, a budding rivalry that's building with the Academy of Art squad? 
Uh, you know, you could say that. I mean, we, we have to be on the winning side, and uh, the winning has to be a little bit more balanced. But uh, like I said, the last two years they beat us. They swept us uh, at our place uh, last year and this year, and, and they took care of uh, at home, and you know, Keys are such a tough pavilion to play at that uh, you have to be ready and can't be, uh, you can't be aloof and not give yourself an opportunity and, and shoot yourself in the foot with some of the things that we shot ourselves in the foot with, uh, in particular our defense. Now, you mentioned the, a little bit of the foul calls and, and having to focus on different points with the officiating. How does that change a defensive strategy if maybe the referees are calling the game a little bit tighter than you would have expected? Yeah, it's it's uh, you have to make adjustments. You have to, and again, it's not that we we the, the the calls that were made against us were legitimate calls. I mean, our guys reached in, and we got caught with our hands in the cookie jar, so to speak. And so we have to do a better job of uh, making sure we keep people in front of us and make sure we wall up better and show our hands to the officials. Uh, and, and we can't. There, there's no excuse around that, and so we just have to be more disciplined in those opportune times that we do get. So now you turn your attention to what's coming up this week. You guys have just one game on the schedule. That will be at Dominican University on Sat on Saturday night. It is the senior night for Dominican. Dominican comes into the game sitting at number 11 in conference play with a conference record of 3-16. and 16. So how do you plan to go in and spoil the senior night for the Penguins? Yeah, it's it's one of those things that they, you know, Booker's had a funny year this year. Um, it's kind of similar to HPU. I don't feel like they're they're what their record shows, but uh, we want to make sure we come in and we're focused and understand what the game plan is for us. It's not a matter of spoiling senior night or anything like that. We, it's 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 no matter what, it's their senior night and. Uh, but for us, it's about taking care of business and making sure we do what we're capable of, which is show up defensively, uh, understand what we're doing offensively, and, uh, and see our progressions through our offense. <clears throat> I, I seriously doubt they're just going to let us walk in and take and take one from them. I'm sure here they'll be prepared. So we'll be prepared. You know, they, they've been throwing a little uh, full-court press at people uh, recently, and so we want to be ready for that. We want to be ready in case they throw a zone at us. They've been playing some other guys some minutes, and their rotation's a little bit different. So we're fully aware of what's going on, and we want to make sure that our guys are ready, and that's all we can do is just make sure that our players have everything uh, that they need in order to go in and get a victory. Now, this game, of course, being played at the Conlon Center over at Dominican University. That will be the home site, or the host site, I should say, of the Pacific West Conference Tournament on March 7th through the 9th. Now, of course, the, the spot hasn't been clinched for you guys yet. There's a big battle, 5-6. We'll talk about that here in a moment. But if you guys are able to make it to the tournament, is there anything about the facility that you're going to try to pay attention to tonight, whether it be temperature, whether it be the lighting, anything in particular you know that you need to scout for? potentially what's to come you know it's it, honestly I, I i we're preparing ourselves I, if we're in a different spot where we knew we were in already maybe we can focus on that but we're not in and so i would just want to focus on dominican it being dominican that we're playing and we want to make sure that uh the only thing that's important is competing against dominican and seeing what we can do uh you know in a perfect world you want to make sure that I mean, we're fully aware that if we're blessed enough to be in that role, to play in that tournament, that we're there two weeks later. And so that works out in our favor, I feel. Um, I feel like it does help us since we'll be one of the last teams that play in the Collins Center. Um, and, and again, 
it's uh, a little bit of an irony considering uh, we we set out to play in Collins Center March third, uh, March seventh through 9th. and uh, you know that the fact that we have an opportunity to clinch there is kind of a little bit of ironic for me. But uh, again, at the end of the day, uh, as I mentioned in this conference, you got to earn it every night. Nothing's nothing's given. You got to be able to show up every night. And for us, we would just want to make sure we have our guys ready to show up and compete against Dominican. Of course, that would be a great feeling to be able to clinch a spot at the place where you will eventually be playing. But we want to talk about that battle for the 5-6 spot in the conference tournament because right now there's four teams going for those last two seeds. You guys are firmly in the driver's seat at the number five spot in the conference with a record of 11-9. and And the sixth spot is Hawaii Hilo at 9-9. Academy of Art just a half game out behind UH Hilo at 9-10. and And not out of the picture quite yet is number eight place Fresno Pacific at 8-11. Now we talked about of course you guys have just one game this week but there's a lot more action going on in the pack west that is extremely relevant to the way that the conference tournament picture is going to shake out what games are you keeping an eye on this week as we get prepared for the tournament yeah it's it's fun when you're watching you know it's uh, one of those things where you're sitting back and trying to figure out what's happening uh, the big matchup obviously at that three four spot um, with uh, Chaminade and APU today uh, you know, right now, uh, I think last week APU jumped over Chaminade from fourth to third, and they kind of flip-flopped. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what Chaminade does after coming off of a loss from Point Loma in overtime and see how well they bounce back. Obviously, both teams are really good. So it'll be really interesting to see how they compete. And then, of course, Hilo is at Biola. Biola beat them at their place. Uh, I'm sure Hilo is fully aware of what's at stake. Um, and so, you know... Uh, Hilo has a tough, tough uh, challenge ahead of them considering they have a Tuesday-Thursday game this week and, uh, in both uh, Biola and APU. Now, they were able to beat APU at their place, and so I'm sure APU uh, is, uh, is remembering that, and it I mean, literally just happened about a week and a half ago. So a lot of good things that are happening within the conference as far as matchups, and uh, I'm just you know, looking forward to just making sure we take care of us. Like you mentioned, we are in the driver's seat. Uh, we have to make sure that we take care of Saturday. <laughs> we have to make sure that we take uh, the, that opportunity that we have and maximize it uh, and then see what happens with Hilo having two games this week. Academy of Art has their senior night against Notre Dame this week. That's going to be a big one. And like I said, nothing's ever nothing's ever guaranteed in this conference. And so uh, there's going to there's gonna be some... Uh, things that happened there in these last two weeks. Uh, as I mentioned, Hilo has these two games and this week, and then they have Notre Dame, and then they finish with Chaminade, which, again, it's not it's no walk in the park after just finishing and beating Point Loma and then losing uh, pretty uh, fair and square to Concordia, uh, whereas uh, you, you look at uh, you know Academy of Art, who took care of us and then now had Notre Dame and then they finish off in Southern California against APU and Biola. So again, not an easy, easy uh, by, by any stretch of the imagination, but definitely uh, not as hard as Hilo has had it. Uh, and then Fresno, like I said, they, it's one of those things that they're, they're just so young and they're trying to figure out some pieces, but they also have an uphill battle um, to really try and clinch. A lot of things have to go, right for them and a lot of things have to go wrong for other teams for them to even clinch into that sixth spot but like I said I feel good about where we're at this is uh you know I've said all along we're a top five team in this conference 
uh, this year to our guys. I've been trying to reiterate that as much as possible. They're starting to realize why we are um, for different reasons. It's not that we are a top five team because we're great. We're a top five team because of the things that we do and what we do to earn those things on a nightly basis. And so that's what we want to make sure we keep focus on. That is definitely one thing the team does is play hard night in, night out. Nothing is ever given. As you've talked about, nothing is ever guaranteed in the conference. If you guys are fortunate enough to make it to the conference and clinch a spot with your victory over Dominican on Saturday, is there a team that you're looking forward or that you would rather face off against once you make it to the tournament? I mean, being there, everything's up for grabs, really. Everything resets. You know, it's, it's win or go home. And that level of pressure... Uh, sometimes makes people play different. And so, you know, we're, we're either looking at a, you know, if, we're, if we stay in fifth, we're looking at a Chaminade or uh, an APU, right? And so either way, um, you know, Chaminade swept us this year, and though I feel like we can compete against Chaminade, uh, we would make the proper adjustments to compete against them. And APU, you know, we made the adjustments we needed to against them at our place, and we went one and one. Uh, so we're, we're capable of beating APU, though, you know, Leslie's a great coach, and he does a good job of getting his guys ready. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting. And then if we're, if we're in that sixth spot, then it becomes a different story because, you know, it just, it just flip-flops. It just doesn't – it'll be interesting these last two weeks of conference – where we end up, but uh, I'm excited. I'm excited that we're that we're in the picture, that we're being considered, that people are noticing uh, the strides we've made of just you know in, in year three of being in this conference and being the smallest in the conference uh, as far as uh, enrollment. Uh, I just feel like we just bring so much, and I always tell our guys, you know, we are we're small but we're mighty, and we want to make sure that we show that on a nightly basis that we show up and compete, and we can compete against anyone in this conference. And so I want to finish it off with this, Coach. We've talked all season long about the, the team word of family. We've, we've met with some of the players individually, Alonzo, Cavante, Zach Young, talked to them about how they felt the team has embodied this word. As we are just now here with two games left in the season, you're just on the cusp of being able to, to clinch a berth in that conference tournament. Looking back at the season, how do you think and do you think the team has fully embraced the word family? Yeah, I mean, nothing, uh, another thing I tell our group is nothing worthwhile in your life is going to come easy. You know, uh, if it was so easy to win, everyone would do it. Uh, but it requires a lot of sacrifice, a lot of selflessness. It requires people to give of themselves like they would, you know, that they something that they would normally not do. And that's what it's taken this year uh, with different guys stepping up on different nights, uh, guys uh, really uh, stepping up when they needed to, um, <clears throat> being happy for your teammate success, uh, even though you maybe not had a good night. Um, you know, I've seen this team grow so much, and similar to a family, you spend so much time together that I feel like uh, this group has really grown into a, a brotherhood that they really love and support each other. Uh, and that's special to see, you know, and, and we want to make sure uh, these last two weeks that we are cleaning up a lot of things and tidying up and being solid about what we do and how we're going to do things. But, you know, there's no doubt in my mind these kids have not come together as a group and really want this more than anything. And they understand the, the ramifications of it and they understand what the what the uh, what this does for the institution. I mean, the notoriety that, that, that it gives us, the energy that's been present because of these kids. Uh, our games have been so much 
so lively and our, our fan support, Hawk Nation has been so great. I mean, there's, there's, there's the big picture in this and we understand that. Uh, my players are really good about understanding what the bigger picture is right now. And uh, I, I feel like they're really focused, but you know, we get behind that, that one word of family and we want to make sure that we're truly that, that it, you know, that we're family no matter what. And no matter what the outcome of is at the end of this year, that, that we st stuck together and we were family. And I feel like they've been that um, ever since we changed the one word. Of course, the end goal of the season has been to qualify for the PacWest Conference Tournament at the end of the year. The next chance to do so will be against Dominican this Saturday on the road as they take on the Penguins over at the Conlin Center. Coach, we'd like to thank you for joining us for the Coach's Corner segment this week. Stick around as we come back after this on the HNU Hotcast. That's all we got for episode 13 of the HNU Hotcast. Hawk Nation, thanks for joining us this week. Before we go, we'll take you through the, all the action that is upcoming for the Hawks this week on the court, on the diamond, and on the track. We will start with basketball as they take on Dominican on Saturday. Tip times scheduled for 5.30, 7.30. That is 5.30 p.m. for the women's basketball team before 7.30 p.m. For the men's basketball team, again, they will be taking on Dominican at the Conlon Center on Saturday. Baseball has a four-game home series scheduled against Azusa Pacific. Again, Azusa nationally ranked in all of Division II baseball. It will be two double-header days scheduled for 12 and 3 first pitch start times on Friday and Saturday. So make sure you join us at Pat Bale Field from the College of Alameda for this four game series. Softball is also in action as they have their home opener of the season on Tuesday, February 26th, as they take on Cal State University Monterey Bay in their first home action of the season this coming Tuesday, February 26th at 12 and 2 p.m. Men's tennis will be in action as they host four matches over the next week. They are in action Thursday, that is tomorrow at St. Mary's at 2.30 p.m. They will have their home opener on Friday against UC Davis bright and early, 9.30 a.m. as that one hosted at Mills College. So make sure that you guys get up, get some breakfast, and then get yourselves over to Mills College as HNU takes on UC Davis in their home opener of the season again at 9.30 a.m. They will have a day off before they face off against UC Santa Cruz on Sunday down in Santa Cruz at 11 a.m. And they close up the week as a week from today, they face off against Sonoma State at 12 p.m. We won't have a new podcast out by the time that comes around, so we want to mention it for you here. Make sure that you guys get over to Mills College at noon on Wednesday as the Hawks take on Sonoma State in men's tennis. Out on the links, the men's golf team will be in action on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday as they will play around each of those three days for the Bay Area Invitational hosted by the Academy of Art from TPC Harding Park in San Francisco. Again, it will be Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. A little bit different than how men's golf tournaments typically go at the collegiate level. It'll be one round each on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Again, that being hosted at TPC Harding Park. 
and we finish it up with men's and women's track and field as they are both in a quad meet hosted at Chabot College Track. The quad meet taking place between the Hawks, Cal State East Bay, Notre Dame de Namur, and SF State. So again, that quad meet hosted at Chabot College Track this Friday at 6 p.m. So make sure if you're interested in some track action, you get yourself on out to Hayward at Chabot College as there will be the quad meet at 6 p.m. We'd like to thank Ancient U men's basketball head coach Omar Sanchez for joining us this week for our weekly Coach's Corner segment. That's all the time we got on the HNU Hotcast. We'll see you next week, Hawk Nation, here on the HNU Hotcast. <laughs>